Welcome to episode 15 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe, co-created by Verse Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And uh, we got a couple episodes today. We got some Scarecrow, and we got some, some Poison, Poison Ivy. Ivy. Yeah, that's our first right. uh, dual returning villain episode. Yeah, I love these episodes. I have to do less research. Yeah. Which, yeah, is, it, which it, is so nice. Whenever mm-hmm. it's a new villain, I'm like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. I got to go read through Wikipedia and just read all the random crazy things that have happened right. in comics for these characters in the last 75 years. But it's still cool because the way they wrote these episodes, you still feel like these characters have a purpose without n- needing an origin story. Yeah. Which I really enjoy it. And we, we'll, we'll talk about that more at the yeah. end. The, again, it's kind of proof that television, in a lot of ways, is the right medium for comic book characters. Mm-hmm. Because the whole idea is that it's all these separate little adventures. And how nice is it we can just jump in and don't have to do a huge... And not everything has to be a world-ending portal above New York City storyline. Yeah, exactly. There's not blue floating shit in the sky. The, uh, you know, the only piece of origin we need in these is the explanation of how these people get the fuck out of Arkham. And we're never going to get that. We're never going to get that. I love that they even call it out a lot of times in the show. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there's no way anyone could Especially ever escape. Especially in this episode. They call yeah. it out in this episode. There's no way anyone could escape from Arkham. It's like, you, Crane has escaped two times. Right. Yeah. This already. is our second Scarecrow episode in four episodes. Yeah. So like, he literally just walked in and walked out. He just came right back out again. Yeah. The, the Joker's constantly jumping on some sort of random thing and riding a rocket out of the roof. Yeah. It just... It's kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if we ignore the fact that they just keep escaping, at least then it gives us these cool little adventures to get to go on. And uh, I, I always love a good Scarecrow episode. His power, his MO is so great as a counterpoint to Batman. Mm-hmm. And they've always done a really nice job of, like, having it explore a new element of fear for him. Like, in this one, you know, we'll get into it. There's kind of some dream sequences, and it... It does tread similar territory to, like, the first character episode, but it still feels new and different mm-hmm. um, and kind of has a different thing to say about it, which is kind of fun. So, Dreams and Darkness, Cameron, what happens? Uh, all right. So, this is uh, – we have a different setup for this episode, which is really nice, a different storytelling method. Yeah. Uh, so, we start off in the middle of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman is in a psych ward. and At the, Arkham. At Arkham Asylum, a doctor comes in. And Batman is trying to convince him that this horrible thing is going to happen. Gotham's going to be destroyed. Uh, and he's like, oh, this is still part of his craziness. Yeah. He'll, it'll pass. Don't listen to him. So they close the little slate on those doors. And Batman's sitting there in the dark. And you hear voiceover, Kevin Conroy voiceover. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah, I don't know if we really had voiceover. We haven't. We've before. never had a voiceover before. I, I actually think... That's an unexplored thing with Batman. As a character, I think voiceover is great. Like a lot of the comics mm-hmm. have obviously kind of narration, but there's that kind of noir idea of like, you know, old detective stories where the, yeah. the narrator's kind of talking through what's going on. Right. It feels very noir. Yeah. I I guess the last, we did have a voiceover when we first met the other police officer. I want to say Daytona, and I know that's not even close. Montoya? Montoya. Oh, right. Okay, you know, yeah. Daytona, Montoya. Yeah, we, that's right. We had a framing device where they're telling, yeah. telling a story. But yeah, I've actually always wanted to see a Batman story mm-hmm. that had some voiceover. So I was, I was glad to see a little bit of that come in here. Yeah. But yeah, I, wish, so, yeah, I wish when they do the voiceover, it was more of a detective story. And it kind of that's is. That's true. He's not doing yeah, great detective it, work. He's basically just doing expositional recap mm-hmm. um, rather than adding something to the story yeah. with voiceover. Um, uh, but still, yeah. So he's a doing fun a, deviation. Yeah. So he's doing yeah. a voiceover, and we st- we jump to a flashback, which is sh- roughly like 24 hours prior. Yeah, similar to last week's episode. Another aptly named villain, Torchy. 
Oh is, yeah, is, uh, melding or um, that's not the right word. He's uh, he's at the Health Spring spot where Batman got a tip off that something was going oh, down. Yeah, and he thought it was gonna be a robbery, and he he finds yeah, I think Torchy is his name. Yeah, Torchy is welding. That's the word. Yeah. Welding. Well, he's this, he's cutting a hole into uh, a drinking water main mm-hmm. at the health spa. Ah, uh, and he has this kind of water purifier device next to it. Yeah, that we don't know what is happening with it. Yeah, it's just some sort of weird device um, involving water. Yeah, and so they have this fight. What what kind of confused me with this character is he's trying to burn a hole through this pipe, and then when he goes to fight Batman, the torch kind of folds in, and then a drill comes out. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't just drill a hole. It would have been so much faster. Probably would have been. Uh, but that's not... Goons aren't supposed to be smart. No. So they fight. Batman kind of tricks him into destroying the air purifier, and all of this red smoke fills the room. Yeah, some um, gas comes out of yes, it. Yes, and we learn that it's fear toxin. Yeah, Batman even notes, like, oh, yeah, like, some gas came pouring out of it, but I I was fine. It must not yeah. have affected me. Um Oy. And so we now have basically the story of Batman Begins. It it really is, yeah. Like this is clearly lifted to become part of Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then Batman goes back to the Batcave, mm-hmm. and he's uh, he's doing himself some research. Yeah, and, and in the screen he sees the Joker when he jumps to try and grab him. It's just Alfred standing there, and Alfred doesn't know what's happening. Yeah, confused. Mm-hmm. He's like, I want to go talk to the only other person that knows what's happening. So he goes to the hospital, tries to talk to Torchy. And Torchy is just petrified with fear. He's um, also hallucinating, seeing all this weird shit, mm-hmm. completely out of it. The doctor asks, why do you care so much? He's like, oh, we were both hit by the same gas. And she's like, I don't know how you're walking around. You should be also under the control of the fear toxin. He's like, no, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm uh, good. And she's like, no, we're going to do some blood tests, blood <coughs> tests. And I thought it was interesting how just like easily Batman let a random stranger just draw his blood. Yeah, I mean, he was blood testing a thing at this point. In 93-ish? I think so. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I was Um, a wee little lad. Yeah. I was born. (laughs) I was born at this point. Well, at least you got that going for you. Yeah. But you're right. He just kind of lets his doctor. He's very trusting this doctor. It's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, go ahead and check my blood. Uh, She sees there's something in there. She's like, yeah, something's barely holding you together. I can give you an antidote. But you will be asleep for 48 hours while the antidote works. Yeah. He's like, "Uh uh-uh. I don't have time for that. Yeah. Um, so he just kind of grabs the antidote. and run- Oh, and she also says uh, in 24 hours, you won't be able to tell the difference between reality and fiction. Yeah. And uh, like fear dreams. So he just yeah. grabs the vial. Uh, and he's like, I'm going to go talk to the other only person who would know what's happening. It's a fear toxin. Obviously, I got to go talk to Dr. Crane. Yeah. So he's driving towards Arkham and he sees Robin pop up in the middle of the street, swerves off the road, crashes the Batmobile, wakes up with the... Um, doctors surrounding him the um the psychiatrist of Gotham. yeah because he, he crashed like on the the hills outside of arkham yeah like just out front so yeah he wakes up uh, strapped to a gurney they're all like oh batman what's up with you man and yeah he's oh, muttering well, incoherently and- well first uh they're rolling him through the halls of arkham and one of the villain or one of the goon not goons the orderlies uh, orderlies thank yes. you one of the orderlies tries to take his mask off he's like no no, no it's gonna break the like that might break his his like reality or whatever yeah it's like convenient excuse why we don't take his mask off which is interesting because i like to think that they don't do that for any of the villains and so they just have no idea that's how they're able to get out is the villains just take their costume off and like so and so tricked me into being here yeah they're like oh no we can't have this random passerby be here like they have no idea who 
poison ivy is or i would have totally let them just go with the idea they didn't take its mask off because every time we're in arkham we see all the prisoners are still wearing their costumes yeah so you're just like oh that's just what they do them do their thing but yeah so he's uh they throw him into a cell they put him in a straight jacket and the the okay so the the doctor dr bartholomew why is he such a shit this is what i couldn't quite figure out like well he's convinced that batman's just crazy I guess that's he's, it. He's doing his job. I guess he's doing his job. It just seemed... Oh, because he's convinced the reason Batman is there is because his subconscious dragged him there. Like, he landed out front of Arkham because he needed help. Not because he crashed the Batmobile. Right. Or he said that was the reason he was heading to Arkham. Yeah. Was because he needed help, and that was his call for help. So he's convinced all of these other things is just, like, his his craziness talking like i need to leave like no as a doctor i can't like he's he's physically just doing his job like as a doctor you are insane you just crashed a car you're not speaking yeah. coherently like i have to keep you here now he's doing his job well he doesn't know like he's he's not a security guard i like, guess you see <laughs> batman just flips over and there he's done i did think it's interesting because i i've read the context exactly um i think it's as bartholomew was kind of explaining like you explained why things batman's there but he kind of lists all the other villains mm-hmm. what i thought was fun is they actually list jack napier yep i wrote that for down. the joker and I, I think i read that's like the only time kind of in any other medium that that name is associated with him mm-hmm. and as we find out later on in the the universe we get to like mask the phantasm like we see a little bit of the joker's backstory he doesn't get a name but he kind of has that same sort of thing mm-hmm. But I just thought that was kind of fun. Do you, they, do you know where they got that name from? Jack Napier? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, Jack Nicholson and the actor who did Oh, um, Alan Napier, yeah. who was... Um, six, or Alfred. That's right. You know what? Mm-hmm. I should have realized that because I, I remember thinking, watching the like 60s movie, like, oh, kind of like Jack Napier. Mm-hmm. Well, young Chris was an idiot. Yeah. So... Yeah, well, I had to research that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wish I could say I knew that off the top of Well, you were smart enough to research it, which I wasn't, so... Um, so we have our kind of first full hallucination sequence. Uh, and it's very similar to the first time we see Scarecrow. It's, um, he sees his parents. This was a very trippy, kind of oh, dark dream sequence. Yeah, because, well, yeah, we, we do have a, a, a quick scene where we see Scarecrow is... In oh, some, has escaped. Yeah, he's, yeah, we know, as we assume, he's in some sort of cavern. He's talking to his henchmen. They have these massive water chocks hooked up to what looks like it might be a larger version of that machine we saw earlier. We don't quite know where they are, quite what it is. Right. Um, and he confirms that he set batman up mm-hmm. to send him to the health spot to get hit with this toxin um but you're right so then we go back and you know now things are starting to get warped batman mm-hmm. goes into this kind of hallucination of the, of the city it's got this kind of cool um like dr caligari mm-hmm. kind of look to it yeah have you ever seen that i've not the cabinet dr caligari i've seen bits of it in like a film class mm-hmm. i should watch it at some point because it has a huge influence on kind of batman at so many stages but it's this kind of cool weird stylized world that he's mm-hmm. in um but yeah like that dream sequence is really cool like you're saying there's yeah a, uh, so there's he, a tunnel with yeah spokes. so he sees his parents and he's running towards them calling out to them and they kind of keep walking they walk towards this tunnel slash sewer drain thing um it's like an underpass yeah yeah it's an underpass and as they walk through it forms itself into the barrel of a gun and instead of water dripping out it's now we well, we assume blood, dark yeah. red water is dripping out. Bat like the floor is crumbling underneath Batman. He's still trying to jump and reach out to them, and you just see you just you see him and hear a huge bang. So obviously he gets shot. It's um, that's a pretty like intense visceral yeah sequence. It's great. Like their ability to do visual storytelling is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. I love that dream sequence. Right. So he wakes up, 
and the orderlies and the doctor come back in and he's like, Dr. Crane, like we need to go get Dr. Crane. He's obviously responsible for this. Like, no, I just saw Dr. Crane. He's still in his office or still in his cell. Uh, he's like, I need to get out of here. He's going to poison the water supply. He's like, no, you're still talking crazy. And he's Batman just like, fuck this. Jumps on his bed, does a front flip over the orderlies. Yeah. And is almost out the door. Whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they grab him. Oh, I forgot to mention this. So he's in a straight jacket this whole time. Yes. We see in the second episode, he does he does Houdini's trick, escape from the state. In a water tank. Yes, escape You're from the straight jacket even, in a water tank. I even had a thought. I didn't write it down, but I thought, like, shouldn't he know how to get out of this? Yeah. You're right. He's done it upside down underwater in chains. Mm-hmm. I like to think that he also knows that he's having these hallucinations and he's trying to hold himself back from doing something stupid because he doesn't know reality from fiction. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. Because, yeah, he, he quickly jumps past the orderlies. Yeah, knocks him over, yeah. keeps running. Uh, the doctor sets the alarm. More guards come down with a dart gun. Yeah, they knock out dart. He grabs an axe off of a... Oh, there's a loose axe. Yes. Yeah, like... I'm like, trying to remember this scene. Because I remember he goes to the basement. Well, yeah, so he, he's got to get a straight jacket, so he basically goes, like, a, a cop... We see Batman kind of tucked off in the shadows, and a cop runs past him, and underneath a uh, a fire hose reel mounted on the wall is, like, the outline of where an axe was, which I just now realized in an insane asylum... Yeah. ...in the a, hallway... Right. ...there's an unlocked axe. Yeah, that's fine. It's the 90s. <laughs> it's perfect. So, yeah, he cuts his way loose, and then... Um, Per his conversation with Dr. Bartholomew earlier, he's discovered that there's a uh, reservoir underneath mm-hmm. Arkham that seeps into that Gotham's yeah, reserve. Mm-hmm. So he knows that's clearly where the Scarecrow is because the doctor even says, like, oh, well, the Scarecrow, you know, he may be he may be out of his cell, but there's no way he's off the ground. Yeah, he couldn't have gotten far. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, he's just in the basement. So Batman runs to the basement and he has a second full-body hallucination experience. And this one is really cool. It is. Um, first sees a rat on the ground. The rat looks up, and it has Joker's face, and he mm-hmm. morphs into the Joker. Uh, and then he looks up, and, or no, then Penguin, a giant penguin, kind of comes up from the ground, Yeah, sticks himself on the ceiling. He's screaming. Penguin's head pops, and Two-Face is underneath, and Two-Face flips his coin, and he throws it, and the coin turns into a saw blade, mm-hmm. which is so cool. And then... Two Face kind of melts like Clayface. When he lands, he remorphs into Poison Ivy, who now actually has control, like is a plant, mm-hmm. I guess. Wraps her like tentacle Thorn yeah, branches, yeah, around Batman and pulls him. Starts pulling him to this bottomless hole that emerged from the ground. As she's pulling him, you see Alfred and Robin standing there. Uh, he's like, "You had your chance to be with us, but yeah." You know, we don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, the, you've been in the darkness too long. We can't do anything to save you. Yeah. So he falls into the pit, screaming, uh, and he wakes back up, just kind of laying on the ground, not sure kind of what to do. Mm-hmm. So he gets up and then continues running down until he finds Scarecrow and the goons, and there's another clock, great clock. So many clocks. That's like a two-minute countdown or something. Yeah, he, the, the, there's just a five-minute countdown happening till what I assume is the gas gets released into the water. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it just didn't start, but... And also, I didn't realize, I don't understand why, there's just one lever that controls everything. Well, there's one lever that controls everything, but luckily there's a backup. Is it? So, so Batman <laughs> jumps onto the platform where Scarecrow is, pulls the one lever that turns everything off, 
And Scarecrow's like, haha, I planned for this. Yeah. I planned the one lever wasn't going to work against you, so I have a backup single lever. <laughs> uh, and so he jumps down a platform, pulls the other lever, the timer stops. Also, like, two minutes were cut off the timer in that, Yo, in that yeah. exchange. It was a long exchange. Batman looks over the edge, and he kind of, like, similar to what we saw when Robin was hit with the fear gas, like, he has vertigo, and he can't kind of tell distance anymore. Yeah, so he's still kind of having a weird trip. Yeah, and so he finally jumps over the edge. And when he goes to pull the lever, he has his final hallucination where one of the like metal beams turned into a snake. Uh, and I feel like at this, like, I feel like Batman should have better control over his fears. Yeah. You think he would know? Yeah. Not, not even just know that they were fake, but just like he's wearing gloves. He's, you he's know, probably no be afraid skin. of snakes. Yeah. I guess it did kind of look like a, like a demon snake. Yeah, yeah. Um, so finally he overcomes his fear and he grabs the snake and he kind of just pulls the wires out. Spark, spark, fire, everything goes up in flames. Yeah. With as, as one would. second left on the clock, as yeah, it should. It all stops. No no gas going under the water. Yeah, I, I put, and explosion. And explosion. Like, there has to be a giant explosion. Yes, and he's back at the cave, and Alfred finally gives him. Oh, no, well, first, right after the explosion, Scarecrow is hit with a wall of Oh, that's gas. right. Yeah, he gets hit with his own gas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I kind of like to think this is all a flashback from him. Oh, like Scarecrow's hallucinating all this? Yeah, because oh, it, cool. it kind of, the scene does this interesting transition of like, in like from his eye, I think. Yeah. It's like there's like, it's like a sweep and it zooms yeah. out and you're inside, you see Scarecrow in the same psych ward that Batman was in. Oh, okay. Um, oh, yeah, I guess. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So then we jump to the Batcave. Yeah, Alfred gives Bruce the antidote and not sleeping in his bedroom. You know, why would you, yeah, why you would, sleep in a cave? In the cave. He's, he said, you know, I'm, I feel safe here, which yeah. I guess it kind of works. That's where he likes to be. Yeah. And they had they did have that really cool shot at the end where as the lights go out, you see a bat kind of fly up and you see the Batman outline like held oh, over yeah, hanging over. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was cool. It was a cool moment. Yeah. And I mean, like as we've been walking through this plot, it's basically the the central plot of Batman Begins. I remember mm-hmm. talking about the first Scarecrow episode, like, oh, there's elements. This whole storyline is basically pulled from it, even down to the toxin being added to the water at Arkham Asylum, Scarecrow getting hit with his own stuff. It's all right there. Yeah. Gotta love Batman Begins. It's, it's a great one. It's so, oh, it's so good. Yeah, and there's one other point I want to bring up, but I'm going to save it for the end of Poison Ivy because there's a point in that that kind of goes hand in hand. Okay. With this. Okay, yeah. So I think, um, I don't think I have any other notes really on uh this episode mm-hmm. so trucking along yep right into eternal, eternal youth. youth yes um what's going on here this was an interesting story that we had so the episode starts off like a uh, hitchcock film you oh yeah it does. very uh contrasty shots of a woman running from a mansion and you see this outline which as we know now is poison ivy yeah chasing after her she stops in the forest like no i'll pay anything he's like you had your chance and she sprays this woman with this weird gas and the woman is you the weirdest sound effects like i was cringing at the yeah. sound effects but you she's basically turning into like a tree yeah she gets basically just goes stiff like she can't move yeah you know there's not like a, a like a sheen like she's been frozen in ice but yeah she just can't move and it's this weird like kind of crackle yeah thing going on um so we jump to I assume the next morning, Bruce is on the phone with his 
Someone from Wayne Enterprises. Yeah, yeah. Who, who messed up something. Yeah, they back in the gym, working it out. Yeah, uh, they did this huge, like, environmental thing that was passed by him that kind of just slipped by him. He's like, yeah. no, 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 we're, we can't do this. Like, that's horrible. We could yeah, never... Yeah, they're going to basically burn and clear like, a huge section of rainforest, and he's trying mm-hmm. to stop this from happening. And, yeah. Yeah, he hates it when anything slips past him, and mm-hmm. he's super pissed about it. Yeah, and so Alfred comes up with the mail. He's like, oh, well, you have this... First off, he says you have... Uh, oh, you've won $10 million. Won, he's like, oh, whatever. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, and so he has this uh, VHS from Eternal Youth Spa, and it's just for kind of these elite uh, executives. Yeah, it's and a it, personalized video. Yeah, it's a personalized video. Two of Two of these two, what I thought were Amazonian women. Pretty much, yeah. They're dressed like Amazons or Amazonians, and it's this day spa to help you look and feel younger. Uh, while he's watching that, Alfred, or there's a ring at the door, and it's Alfred's lady friend. Yes, his lady friend Maggie, who, who wants to be more than a lady friend. Yeah, I think maybe already is. Yeah, we have no idea what their relationship is. I think so. Yeah. He's not too happy. He treats her like every like elementary school boy in a cartoon treats girls. I think uh, he likes to just play things a little bit of nonchalance. Yeah. Yeah. I, he, he's, we, he's a, we do see he's later a that he's, he's a hound dog, yeah. as we see oh, in, absolutely. later in the episode. Yeah. Um, he's a charmer. It's a word that Alfred. I feel like needs to come back. I don't, I don't remember the last yeah, time I heard a hound dog. actually. Good not hound listening dog. to, like, A little Elvis. bit of Elvis, yeah. yeah. Um, We're bringing it back. We're going to bring it back. Yeah. You heard it first here, everyone. <laughs> um, so we meet Maggie Page, uh, and she comes in, and they're watching this day spa video together, and... Paige says that Bruce should go, and he's like, no, I can't. I, my weekends are busy. Uh, but you two should go, being the worst wingman, because Alfred obviously doesn't want to go to this thing with her. Yeah. Uh, he's like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you guys go. Yeah. Go have fun, Alfred. Uh, and so Alfred is in the car with Paige, and he, he brought up a saying, and I had to research it. I don't know if you know what it means. What did he uh, say? He's like, uh, I'm getting shanghai again. Uh, do you know what that means? Oh, I mean, I've heard it used in that context. You basically kind of get kidnapped. Mm-hmm. But it was, did you look at the origin of I it? I did, because it was very interesting. It was actually a pretty funny origin. Okay. Uh, so back in the 1700s, when sailing was still the primary source of transportation, it was very cheap labor with very high mortality rate. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know if you'd come back. And so what people would do is uh, either kidnap or blackmail or just like get people really drunk at bars, <laughs> and they'd pass out and wake up on a ship. Oh, right. And that was called getting Shanghaied because most of those people, the ones that got it the worst were the trips to Shanghai because it was the longest route. Oh, right. All the way around the world. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, to, you know, to go trade tea. And so getting Shanghaied was you were kidnapped to go uh, be a crew member on a ship to Shanghai. That is the sort of phrase that Alfred would use. Yeah. I thought that was very, I was, I was very happy learning that. Yeah. Yeah, so he gets Shanghai and mm-hmm. ends up at this at the day spot at the day spot where yeah. it's obviously, obviously poison, ivy poison ivy in disguise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alfred is very skeptical of the whole thing, and then he kind of like takes a bite of like the whatever the mineral mi- they have, like mineral cookie, and drinks yeah. the mineral water. He's like, oh, uh, this he's is like, a, oh, this is great. This isn't so bad. And so while that's going on, Bruce is in not Bruce, Batman. Mm-hmm. is in Commissioner Gordon's office. We see a file of the woman we saw at the very beginning. Yeah. And they're talking about three other high-level executives have gone missing. 
And Batman's like, I'll figure it out. Yeah. You can't do it. Yeah. Anything. Gordon's like, we, we, we swept the apartment. Go see if you can find something we can't. We um, couldn't. And so Batman goes to the woman's apartment and finds two VHS tapes sitting in front of her TV mm-hmm. that the police didn't. Yeah. So like, oh, this day spa, something must be happening with it. Yeah. It's the same tape that Bruce got. Right. Directed this woman. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh, there might be a connection. So Bruce calls Alfred in the day spa. <sighs> who's just having good old time. Oh, yeah, he's lounging in the pool. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, I guess he wasn't sipping a cocktail per se, but he's drinking the mineral, ma- he's drinking mineral a, water cocktail. He's having a grand old time. He's, uh, he's getting a proper break. He hasn't had that in years. What I, what I really thought, what this scene reminded me of most is um, the Scooby-Doo movie, the live-action one. The first when, one? Yes, when Daphne's walking around the pool and everyone's just like, sup, bra, and everyone's like super... 90s bro oh and i'm like oh this is awesome it was like that brainwashing scene again oh okay yeah i, know what you I mean. think yeah. it's um sugar ray it comes on because they have oh, a God. random cameo in that movie they do. well it's a great I mean, movie everyone i'm gonna put that i'm gonna use that for my uh that's your, your bat, early, my bat plug, your bat plug. the second one's better uh, what no way yeah it is oh we're gonna have this conversation later yeah um <laughs> way better no not even close <laughs> <laughs> there's no sugar ray in the second one. Oh yeah that's a sign um, of great work right there <laughs> So he calls Alfred. Alfred's like, no, there's nothing weird about this place. I love it. And he doesn't want to leave him and Paige kind of, not rekindling, but kindling this romance. Yeah. And they come back. Bruce, or Batman comes back to the Batcave and Alfred has just littered it with plants and greenery. So many plants. Uh, and Batman is having none of it. He's like, like, this is supposed to be dark and brooding. He like raided, ruining. He raided a pure one and it just, yeah. it's all over the place. And so you see Alfred kind of sweating takes a sip of the, or chugs a glass of mineral water and just passes out. Yeah, that it, it's, he's drinking water that has a few drops of, um, it's like detrite or something. Yeah, I didn't write it down. Whatever, it yeah, whatever, whatever mineral, whatever enzyme mm-hmm. uh, that he got at the clinic, and yeah, he just passes the fuck out. Yeah. So, Demetrite. Yes, Demetrite. So Alfred <laughs> wakes up, sees a beautiful sunset, very, very well illustrated sunset. That was a sunset. Right? Because the next scene... Maybe it was Sunrise? We'll which wouldn't make sense because they're on the East Coast. And Batman just woke, and Batman just got back. So he just finished his route. So it would be Sunrise. Rise, yes. But that meant the sun... No, actually, no, that makes sense. Sunrise is in the East, that's in the West. Yes. Don't listen to what I'm saying. Don't listen to these words. Just remember, I always play the... Uh, this is going to sound horrible. I always play the uh, Hey There Delilah song in my head. It's a good to remember, song. To remember which okay. Sunrise in the It's a long way to remember it, but I, I like that song, actually. Yeah. I'm not going to judge you for that. I, I I think it's in that song. Oh, who the fuck? Knows? Oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, maybe it's in a Rise Against song. Whatever. <laughs> um, so he's like, oh, I want to go back to this ball. I got to go find, got to go find pay, uh, Paige. Looks down. She's just already there. She's like, let's go. Let's go to the spa. Yay. Um, spa time. They're ready for a montage. I was so ready for a montage of them. Oh, my God. That would have been amazing. But instead, we jump back to Bruce down in the basement doing tests on this enzyme. And he realizes when he combines it with human plasma. It's a weird thing. Like, is that the first thing that he thought of? Yeah. Like, that's a weird body, like liquid to try first yeah let's, he just throws blood at everything and sees what yeah. happens but it's not blood it's plasma like well, plasma like, in blood but yeah, okay yes okay isn't, uh, that, isn't that how things work i thought that, I, I was thinking like bone marrow plasma no like no not bone marrow like blood plasma i don't know what i'm talking about not, not like i do either but, uh, but anyways i didn't, I didn't take it any combines with something from the human body 
Yes. And Phrasing. immediately turns into this giant, giant tree limb. Yeah, yes. like instant growth, mm-hmm. crazy tree limb. So he's like, oh. I gotta go. For, yeah. Must be poison must ivy. Must be poison ivy. Um, I have to go warn Alfred. Yeah. Goes up. Alfred's to the spa. Mm-hmm. So they, they get to the spa and poison ivy is out of her. She's still dressed up once and then they kind of cut back to her and she's dressed as poison ivy yeah and alfred it's like oh my god what's going on here mm-hmm. and then he and maggie get sprayed with the same stuff the woman did in the beginning yes and, and you see a bunch of other yeah there's a whole bunch of people that have all been turned to trees mm-hmm. so uh batman comes in on his bat glider i wanted to bring up this quick question because mm-hmm. it reminded me of when they did like the super quick cut of poison ivy dressed as like a spa leader and then dressed as poison ivy where did her clothes go and specifically with superman always changing in foam boots does he just like where, leave them there where do they where, oh does he does he like heat vision them so people don't have evidence that he was there because like people might remember what tie he was wearing if they see that tie in a phone boot they don't know what happens uh i think with superman he uh stuffs it all into his underwear I was yeah, I was thinking that he just puts it on under the suit, so it's just yeah. like a flip. It's just he just keeps going back and forth between them. I, I really want to see the reverse scene where like he's Superman and someone's like, "We need a photographer, quick!" Yeah. <laughs> he rips the Superman suit, <laughs> reveals a normal suit. Superman just like flies into a phone booth, comes out. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> or he gets like cut with a blade and like it peeks it's through. Just a it's a tie. Like, you can see like is that a, is that a tie underneath there? Yeah, yeah. The the random thoughts you have when you're watching cartoons. Yeah, I have the same ones. I love it. So Batman flies in on the Bat Glider because why not? Mm -hmm. Uh, Sees his poison ivy, but he basically explains her plan. Yeah, I'm turning people into trees. Yeah, I'm turning these bad executives into trees. They're not trees yet. It's just an exo tree. Yeah. So they're they're covered in bark at this point. Yeah. And she tells him that conveniently they're not full trees yet. It's still just an exoskeleton of tree. And he sees. He's captured immediately for some reason, even though he does say later that his suit is covered in yeah, like, the, the antidote. They, like the girls, the the sidekicks come up with their spray guns, and mm-hmm. he like lets them, yeah, you know, lets himself get captured. Poison Ivy explains their plot, and then they spray him anyways, and it's like with a concentrated dose, like a liquid version of yes. this. And she's like, "Wait, why aren't you changing?" He's like, yeah. "Oh, I analyzed your enzyme and put a herbal." gluten-free vegan powder on my suit that yeah keeps it's like, me safe no, the only thing that could have beaten us yeah you uh, just came up with uh so then he just like knocks out the yeah, he knocks girls. out the goons and then he's running and i thought he was chasing poison ivy but then he starts getting shot with the darts the darts on her wrist and then he's running from poison ivy yeah it was some weird i don't weird know chase but shit. i he was gets- gonna say poison ivy has amazing aim yeah like that's some Hawkeye Green Arrow. Oh shit yeah, that she's she doing. like very strategically like pins him to a tree. Like mm-hmm. one of them even like hits the uh, the talons on his glove and yeah. like, pins him there. Right, like that's some Green Arrow shit right there. Yeah, impressive. So she continues to explain her plan, and he throws. There's like a pail next to the tree. He throws the pail, and he knocks down the, the growth enzyme. Yes, the which, concentrated. No, yeah, just like yeah. the container of growth enzyme. Which doesn't it need? plasma like human plasma to actually trigger reaction well i guess the ground is just covered in blood and we just can't see it now i'm sure it is yeah yeah because then it just just goes crazy and this yeah. massive 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 tree yeah grows like you kind of think like oh it's you know it's big enough it breaks the ceiling okay it's pretty big and then they cut wide like way wide and it's 
It's a full like dome. What's like an yeah, like an so eco the, dome? Yeah, like the 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 building itself is probably what three stories tall. Like the top of the dome is mm-hmm. three, if not four stories tall. Yeah. This tree is what three four x yeah. times that. And like, let's say the dome is like a hundred feet tall. Yeah, it's like and it's, the tree it's, is like four hundred feet like tall. Super super thick trunk too. Yeah, this is like like Pandora tree shit mm-hmm. size. My thought was. That enzyme like could do amazing things. Right. It could like replant all the forests that have been taken out. No, like, no, no. She can't do that. She has to stop all the people that are already destroying the forest. Yeah. Never be additive. Yeah. Good. Um, and I was gonna say that impact. So the the tree like lifts poison ivy up against the railing of the roof. Yeah. That should easily have just killed her. Yeah, whatever. Or at least um, when she like broke the glass, just yeah. tore up. But, um so they're all captured. Batman brings all of the executives to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Alfred wakes up. Paige is there, kind of already talking to him. It's like, I really appreciated our time we spent together. And Bruce comes in with like a, a little sapling. Mm-hmm. It's like, I got you guys a tree. And they're like, oh, no, I don't want to see, I don't ever want to see greenery again. Let's go to New York. <laughs> what a dick. Uh, and I wasn't sure if that was like a, if he was. He like, was fucking with Alfred. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah he absolutely was. Um, yeah. I think that was his revenge for all the plants that got put in the bat cave yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah it kind of ends with alfred kind of laughing into wah, the wah. magazine he was reading yeah i mean it's it's kind of silly but it's also it's decently fun mm-hmm. like it's just it's a good it's a good episode to kind of go along for a ride like yeah i definitely think the scarecrow episode is better and there's like kind of more interesting stuff mm-hmm. uh going on there now you said you had you had a, a, a an element between the two of them yeah that connected so there was a line there was a line in each of these stories which really stood out to me and it was basically in these non-origin story episodes they still have the the villain through line mm-hmm. for both so scarecrow mentions when he's about to turn on the machine that he's excited for this because it's more research oh he's excited because we now have this controlled experiment the biggest i I wrote it down i think word for word um nope i didn't yeah it's like oh like uh, like Uh, an unprecedented yes it's the biggest controlled experiment of of fear fear yeah yeah so he's he's still doing this like his he's not doing this for money for greed he's doing this so he can continue his research yeah which is actually almost a little inconsistent ish with some of his previous motivations mm-hmm. well with the last episode he did say like chemicals are expensive yeah he was doing that true. he was gambling so he could pay to do more research yeah and then poison ivy says a similar thing when the goons first capture air quotes batman when she says we're both getting rid of the oh, villains like, of the world yeah we both believe in justice yeah yeah that she's trying to to enact justice on behalf of the plants mm-hmm it's a good point. So actually. she's yeah. her her villainous through line is still I'm doing this to save the planet. Yeah. She's an evil Captain Planet. Maybe a more effective one too. A little bit. Yeah. And so I thought that was very interesting that when we have these because I was I was worried after we finished all the all the uh origin episodes that they weren't gonna be as strong. Oh, I see that. But I really like that they still have these powerful moments that still explain why the character is doing what they're doing. Yeah, it gives them motivation. And I feel like every character, minus, you know, the Joker, who's just doing this for the sake of chaos, yeah. it's nice to see there's a reason behind everything. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, for a lot of them, it's just greed. Like, they just want money. But you're right. Like, neither of these are really doing it for the money. They're mm-hmm. doing it because they they do care about something. Yeah. I mean, they're doing it in the wrong way. 
but they actually give a shit. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that, actually. Yeah, that was very interesting. Yeah. I do want to jump back to one idea I had with the Scarecrow episode, right? Mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting that, so a couple of times now we've seen Batman have these dream sequences, and there are two things that keep popping up whenever he's like in a, in a weird state, whether he was like trapped in the hot box on that chain gang. Yeah, yeah. Or it, yeah, the, the fear talks and ever. It's, uh, it's his parents, mm-hmm. and it's the Joker constantly pop up like even that episode the joker is the kind of one that keeps popping up so does parents and so i started to think about it and i guess specifically in the context of the animated series like what do you really think is his biggest fear like why are those two are the things that are always popping up when he starts to fear something mm-hmm. what i want it to be and i i, I know it's the kids cartoon so they can't do this but when they show the joker i would ra- i would hope they would show a dead joker la- still laughing oh cuz that means that his biggest fear is joker winning that yeah. he's made him go beyond that line oh that's super and dark that and would, super awesome and that would yeah. lead into the next part of that hallucination where alfred and robin are saying that you've gone too dark yeah we can't be with you anymore because you've crossed that line and yeah. that's why him falling into the abyss is him killing oh that's really cool i had not thought about that mm-hmm. but you're right yeah like that would be the worst case scenario yeah is him becoming what he's always feared most and it's to be a killer yeah because I, I was thinking about this a little bit too and it, you know there's obviously the idea of saving mm-hmm. you know like he's always afraid that he couldn't he couldn't save his parents and he's afraid that he can't save the people of gotham and like to your point he's afraid he can't save his villains mm-hmm. sometimes so i, I would kind of like thought like oh maybe that's him like what he's really afraid of is that at the end of the day, he can't save himself yeah. That all these things he's doing is trying to save himself. And I think it's actually very much along the lines of what you just said. You just put it in a much cooler way. <laughs> but that, yeah, he his biggest fear is at the end of the day, what he's doing is pointless or that he he loses. Because mm-hmm. there's really no end game, right? Like right. and I think that's one of the things I love about the Tim verse too, is that since we do see it go on for so long, I mean we get to see, you know, forty years in the future with and Batman beyond, he never really wins. Right. There's really no end point. He's just trying not to lose as much yeah and that yeah his biggest fear would be losing in the most catastrophic way possible which would be murder murder stepping over murder the <laughs> murder yeah but it's just I, it's it's cool again it's one of the reasons i love scarecrow is we get to see these kind of cool things right um and get to see a little bit more of his psyche <clears throat> and it's not just him battling enzymes yeah which he does love to do all the time so I wanted something slightly different for our, our bat plug here. Okay. Because you you wanted to plug the first Scooby Doo live no, action. I, I, don't, I won't plug the first Scooby Doo. No, I've but no. Uh, I I I had something I was going to go through, but I think we're going to do it instead. I want you to explain to me why you think the first Scooby Doo movie is better than the second one. I'm going to try to explain why I think the second one's better. I feel like it's going to take so long. No, it's fine. I'm I'm looking at the stopwatch. We got like a good like solid five minutes here. Oh man. Um. Why? Because I I go go ahead. I'll, I'll let you go first. Why do you think the first one's better? I. One, I love Scrappy. I don't think they did a great job representing Scrappy, but no. I love him as a character. Okay. Um, two, I didn't plan for this. I know. That's I don't like more, this pressure. That's why it's more fun. Uh, okay, hold on. Give me, give me three seconds. The villain. So when I first watched this movie, it actually like scared me because I was right at the age where like those monsters were. I mean, obviously watching it now, what, the CGI is not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So seven. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and I definitely saw it in theaters, and those monsters were so interesting and terrifying and i i liked i really like their representation of of uh like college students and, and youth as oh. i'm saying in quotes yeah i think it's hilarious there's de- there's definitely like the weird storylines but it's also um i liked the what's the word not resurrection but like 
like them reconnecting they've all coming back together no, they've been just just before that when like they all have their like come almost like they're coming of age moments so they all have their problems and in this movie they all find a way to overcome their individual problems so fred's problem was always leading and not listening velma's problem was not voicing her opinion loud enough mm-hmm. daphne's problem was always being the damsel in distress scooby and shaggy they didn't change no they didn't so i always liked how they they all overcame okay now i i get all that i, I agree mm-hmm. with you they actually gave- i do so i do i do really really enjoy the second one okay because I, I, i'm not saying like i hate the second one i love seeing all the classic villains come back from scooby or are you um <coughs> i did not enjoy the like the young sequence because a pup man of scooby-doo is one of my favorite scooby-doo series and they did it horrible justice um disjustice disservice disservice di- no i like disjustice 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 see okay because i i get what you're saying my problem with uh the first scooby-doo movie is that it didn't feel like a scooby-doo movie mm-hmm. um which is actually a, a oftentimes a problem when you're trying to adapt like a cartoon or like a series like that you have to make it like some big event so they went too big what i like about the second one is that it felt like it was really drawing on the original show because like it yeah. had all the villains back again it felt like a conclusion to well yeah and it felt it felt like a live action version of an old school scooby-doo episode but they just kind of wrapped up the stakes and making it real but like that whole idea of like having all these ridiculous monsters actually be real and bring them all back and all the references mm-hmm. and i don't know i i really enjoy the second one also point in my favor co-written by james gunn it was they both were damn it were they both yeah well, he did a better job on the second one. He did. But I, I admittedly haven't seen either of them in a long time, but I remember not liking the first one and liking the second one. I wasn't... So the second one came out 2003-ish, I want to say. That sounds about right. I didn't appreciate the original Scooby-Doo enough to like all those... Like, now I love that movie because it is all those... Like, I do get to... Don't look at me. <laughs> I was nine, God damn it. No, but the fact that you didn't, like... I didn't appreciate references back then. That was also you when Teen Titans was coming out, and I didn't realize that Slade was like, I thought Slade was Batman for the first two seasons. Like, you, he was just like... You didn't watch, like, Scooby-Doo as a kid? Like I did. I, I did. It's but all I Mr. Would Jenkins. Watch, um, yeah, and Red Herring. Like I said, I watched Pup Named Scooby-Doo all the time, and I would watch, like, Scooby-Doo Cyber Chase, which came out in 1999, was my first one. Actually, no, that's wrong. Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders came out in 1997. That was my first Scooby-Doo movie. Don't fucking argue <laughs> about Scooby-Doo with me. Like, I know my shit. I just didn't at the time. I think you know the wrong Scooby-Doos. No, I Not know. Not a pup. A I know pup all of the Scooby-Doos. <laughs> what I was trying to say was Pup Named Scooby-Doo was what I would watch the most because I would I'd, only watch it during the day when school wasn't happening, like, when I'd stay home from school yeah. and come on would come on at 11 in the morning because it was pub named scooby-doo and then uh tom and jerry kid would come on right afterwards and then it was an hour block of baby looney tunes which was great <laughs> i didn't ever watch tiny tunes because it was never playing during the day so for the longest time i thought baby looney tunes was, was the superior cartoon <laughs> so then uh at night i would watch boomerang and instead of showing uh scooby-doo where are you they would show um uh, uh oh gosh what's it called uh like scooby-doo movies yeah it was the the hour-long yeah with like shorts. mama cast and batman and robin right yeah so i would watch those and then that led into the 13 ghosts of scooby-doo from 1982 like i told you don't fuck with me with my <laughs> scooby-doo shit i know everything <laughs> i just did it when i was nine years old <laughs> i love the, 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 the scooby i cracked this open it's so beautiful it's so amazing <laughs> 
All right, I will. I will not doubt you on your your, your scooping. I your enjoy knowledge. both of the movies. I saw the first movie at a at an age when it when it affected <laughs> me more. Is the sole reason All I right. say it is a better film. All right, I, I will. I will let you have your bad taste. <laughs> God damn it! So I, I think uh, so. The 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 plugs there. I think were go watch Scooby Two One. Everyone, go watch go watch your favorite Scooby Doo episode. <laughs> I recommend one of the six Harlem Globetrotter episodes. Were there six? There are five Harlem Globetrotter episodes. Okay. There are three Batman episodes. Okay, you do know your Scooby-Doo. Don't fuck with me about Scooby-Doo. I, you made it seem like you didn't know your old school Scooby-Doo, which is the best Scooby-Doo. I know everything about Scooby-Doo. I, I know that now. I've, I've learned from my mistakes. I humbly repent in our public forum. <laughs> so, that was uh, Scooby Talk. Was- Hope everyone enjoyed my little rant that was uh that was beautiful all right well uh on that bombshell we'll wrap <laughs> things up thank you once again to trevor Reese for coming down and being our audio engineer and listening to us rant about scooby-doo for the last 15 minutes uh if you want to learn more about scooby-doo you can go contact cameron on social media at at cameron dexter <laughs> and uh, i'm at lord of four and the podcast is at tim talk pod so uh th- thanks for listening guys yeah thanks guys <laughs> bye Ha <laughs> ha